Welcome back to the podcast, lovely people. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you for returning or tuning in for the first time. Today, we will be talking about mental health. Uh, We'll be talking about some mental health history. We'll be talking about mental health in our respective communities of color, uh, Black and Latinx. Uh, And, you know, of course, we're going to make it entertaining. We have to. We have to. Naturally. Well, come on. Naturally. But of course, of course, before we jump into any topic, I need to know. What happened? What's got you fucked up? What's got me fucked up? Technology. <laughs> how, one, how expensive technology. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're fine. You're just fine. the beginnings of how everything happened and you're like technology. I'm like, yeah, because it was playing with you. It's just always crumbling. For what reason? Especially the more essential technology that you need. Um, why is it not working? You're expensive. Why are you not working? Why do I have to pay to get you to work again, you know? Mm-hmm. When I could simply throw you out the window. Mm. But, yeah. That's what's got me fucked up. Trying to figure out these computers. Trying to figure out this technology so that I can do what the fuck I gotta do, you mm-hmm. know? Okay. Because we already work to live. And I don't want to have to work more. To be able to get what I need, to be able to live and work, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know we need we need our technology with the work we do. That's we where, definitely do. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. But that's what's got me overall fucked up. Shan. Yes. Shan. Yes, Franklin. Oh, um, what's got you fucked up? Money. Mm. Money's got me fucked up. Everything costs so much damn money. Right. And the things that I want cost money. The things that I need cost money. And I, I'm just hemorrhaging money at this point. Uh, it's like I have a job, but do I? You know, like all of my money is going out of my pocket. So I'm not really feeling like I'm working um, to live. I feel like I'm living to work. Oof. So it's going to get worse before it get, gets better. Oh, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And... um that's where I'm at. It's like you have one job because you have to, mm-hmm. right? And then you have another one just in case, you know, so you can just in case do things you want to do and maybe have some money left over. Yeah, I will say I did recently purchase a ticket to see Joy Latacoon in okay. September. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm trying to do little things to like make myself feel a little less miserable. Money has me tripping a little bit right now, but um, I'm hanging in there. And you making the moves you got to do. You're not making the moves you got to do. <laughs> you making the moves. You doing what you got to do. Okay. Yep. And it will be okay. Mm-hmm. And you popping. Okay. A little inspiration moment, a little motivation moment. Just you popping. You know the work you do. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you, friend. Yeah. Just fuck adulting, but you got this. You know, fuck adulting. Mm. I feel that on a on a molecular level. Ooh. I I truly do. Ooh. Yeah. The cells are quaking. Mm-hmm. They're vibrating. <laughs> They're vibrating. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so Shan, yes, for this Franklin. episode and many of the episodes that we do, we like to give y'all some history, right? Right. So let's start with a little bit of history of mental health. You're going to read to the folks. I haven't looked anything up. But 
ge- we, I mean, the general information is that mental health was not perceived as it should have been. And in many cases, it is still continuing today in the society we live in. There has been a lot of ostracizing of individuals based on their symptoms that are not comprehended. There is a lot of history surrounding uh, presumed demonic possession and needing to do exorcism on people with mental health concerns in the past. And then we can dive deeper into asylums, the treatment of people with mental health, Mm -hmm. how that has um, evolved throughout the years. Honestly, and we can even talk about the DSM. There's a lot to talk about we don't have to touch every single part of the history but yeah i think it would be too much to try and touch every part of the history because it's it's a full history um but shall we pick out a few of the important things and i think you introduced it really well and gave a a nice overall depiction i guess Mm -hmm. so for the origin of mental health the article that we're going to be using is by the bc medical journal And the title of the article is Historical Perspectives on the Theories, Diagnosis, and Treatment of Mental Illness. The prevailing views of early recorded history posited, is that how you say that? Posited or posited? Posited. Okay. Um, The prevailing views of early recorded history posited that mental illness was the product of supernatural forces and demonic possession. And this often led to primitive treatment practices such as strepening in an effort to release the offending spirit. What do you think about that, Fran? Why everything got to be demonic possession? Why everything has to be rooted in religion? Like, we know why, but go off, friend. It's just, can you help me? (laughs) Like, instead of trying to exercise a demon, exercise the demon, like, can you help me? Like, is that your goal? To actually help me? And as you enlighten me on trepanning, do you mind giving the audience the definition of trepanning? Okay. Trepanning is the act, the practice of drilling a hole into the skull. Slightly mm. different from a lobotomy, um, but a lobotomy is still drilling into, into the, the skull, the brain, really the prefrontal cortex. But trepanning is more general, uh, drilling into the skull. Because that's what we do. That's that's how we fix it, truly. We put you through excruciating, traumatizing pain. Mm. And then you're better. And alters your personality. Dun, dun, dun. We have made it. You are no longer crazy. You are, you are cured. Fixed. Ooh. Give me the drill. Crazy bitches. That's the irony. Right there. Because it it sounds... Truly insane to me mm-hmm. to say, you know what? I'm going to fix you by drilling a hole into your head. Sorry? I think that is interesting how people that are different or experience life differently often have a history that isn't the best. Makes me think, and I was thinking about like flavor, slavery earlier, makes me think of them saying that a slave running away means that they have a mental illness because they are animals and they need to be doing this versus they're humans, you know? Odd. It is, for me, the idea that 
a black person has a smaller brain than a white person at that time simply because phenotypically you have a lighter skin tone that's all that's all it is that's all it is what does so your brain is bigger simply because what because you have more privilege and more access one two no just one i forgot the other one okay just one it's also interesting how mental disorders were weaponized against black people mm-hmm. and like specifically how like black men were getting diagnosed with like schizophrenia. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very, very interesting. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but if you're interested, I encourage you to do your own research. It's very interesting. Also check out Dr. Joy DeGruy's book, uh, post-traumatic slave syndrome it's really good i have not read that book but you've talked about it before i have not finished reading the book but it is a good book from what i've read and i had the pleasure of listening to dr joy de speak at oh. a um, conference i went to it was virtual but it was you know still her it was nice it was good educational i might, I might borrow that book from you do it fine okay so, friend, you want to tell the people the other fact that we have? Yes. <clears throat> Strap in, lovely people. This one's going to be a little long. In post-Second World War, North America, a need for a formal classification system was recognized in order to provide more efficient and targeted mental health services for veterans. This led to the creation of the first edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or DSM, in 1952, which was largely drawn from the World Health Organization, sixth edition of International Classification of Diseases, ICD. Early editions of the DSM described mental disorders in terms of reactions, postulating that such illnesses should be classified with reference to antecedent socio-environmental and biological causative factors. 1980, with the publication of the third edition, the DSM shifted its focus and intentionally remained neutral on the potential etiological causes of the various forms of mental illnesses. That was a lot. It was a lot. In summation, <laughs> <laughs> after the war, sorry, Hamilton just popped into my head. It's after the war, I went back to New York. After the war, I went back to New York. Anyway, after World War II, um, we recognized that our veterans needed help, mm-hmm. basically. And in order to do that, we needed to classify their disorders. So with that was the creation of the DSM, which is kind of like a child of the ICD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and early editions of the DSM describe mental disorders in terms of reactions, postulating that illnesses should be classified with a reference to antecedent. That part just means <laughs> that um, there was recognition of environmental factors and biological factors. That's essentially what that part meant. There was a lot of words there, mm-hmm. said a lot of things. It's interesting that it talks about environmental and biological causes. Mm -hmm. 
because I think that there there wasn't a lot of I don't know I wasn't there right but there wasn't a lot of um, understanding of the impact mental health had for certain populations and I'm wondering because we know that a lot of the mental health uh, information that we get is mostly from a western perspective mm-hmm. so it really makes me wonder when we're talking about veterans are we talking about all veterans are we talking about certain types of veterans and then it just lets me to think about you know even outside of the u.s what that would look like for people coming back from the war because a lot of people were in war from, from many countries that's what i wonder about especially with the changes right coming back from the war having to readjust to society certain populations had to um fulfill certain types of roles certain types of jobs that they had while in the military what impact did that have on their mental health a lot needs to be considered yeah so that's what i think about especially when it's talking about staying neutral Mm. Mm. i don't know how i feel about that say more i don't know if neutral is necessarily a good thing or maybe I'm just painting it negatively in my mind. But what does what exactly does it mean to stay neutral when it comes to it? When it comes to mental illness? Mm-hmm. Because if we have a diagnosis, we have a, well, we have the ICD at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Are we actually paying attention to society? I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts, but I'm not articulating it right. To view history with our modern content, context. <clears throat> or within our modern context is it's not going to hold up. It's not going to make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And our collective consciousness at that time definitely was not like an equitable sort of lens. And you even mentioned this earlier, like not seeing populations of people as people uh, and that in turn, had something to do, had everything to do with how different populations of people were treated mm-hmm. and given um, disorders or diagnoses. And I think it would be interesting to look at the 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 facts if there are publica- published facts about like how we used to do that then mm-hmm. versus how we still do that now. Right. Um, and in certain communities and like looking at common diagnoses given to people of certain communities, uh, I think would be interesting. Uh, for a second, I'm just going to talk about what I know. Foster care youth were, I've witnessed like common diagnoses given to foster care youth. And the two that always come up are ODD and ADHD. Every kid coming through the system does not have ODD and ADHD. Right. There was a situation um, some time ago when this kid was nonverbal. Just did not speak. Okay? hmm Explain to me how you diagnose that child with oppositional defiant disorder. What? Why? No. That makes no sense. And she was like five. I'm sorry. This kid was young. 
And I was, I just questioned <laughs> what we're doing and how we are serving these, these young people or anyone when we just give them any old diagnosis because it's common. It just, it's disheartening. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's just, you're, you're making some great points. And overall, you know, it makes me think of like, the medical system, medicine overall, right? Uh, when it comes to, like, one the history, what people, the access people had, how people were treated, um, also how that trauma is passed down through generations and how that is then depicted in society and then the consistent gaslighting of certain groups of people. And then it just makes me think about even queerness, how queer, being queer, being part of the LGBTQ plus community. It's a disease. Mm-hmm. It's a sickness. Right. Because they surely had it that way. <laughs> and it's just so wild. And again, full circle. Those who are different tend to have a negative experience. Transsexualism. Hmm. Talk about wild-ass vocabulary, yo. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's interesting now how we talk about mental health mm-hmm. and the recognition that mental illnesses can be and a lot of the time are severe and debilitating for people and recognizing that as a need for services mm. is really important. However, we are in like a staffing shortage. Listen. Allegedly, I we are, but like there are a lot of opinions I have about the staffing shortage, but like wait lists are incredibly long. It could be months before some people even get an appointment mm. to get seen. It's a system that is incredibly flawed and needs to be torn down and rebuilt. Yes. I had a conversation with someone yesterday, um, and she's taking medication to treat anxiety and depression, right? And then I was like, okay, your psychiatrist, you know, recommended you to see a therapist, right? And she was like, no. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, you have a lot that you need to process, a lot that, you know, it's going to aid in in getting better. I mean, she's at a level of functioning now, which is great. But she doesn't have insurance. So I'm sitting here like, the amount of people that don't have access to therapy is wild to me. The fact that this system is set up for us to have to pay to be able to live mm. is wild. There are people out here who don't have medical treatment, mm-hmm. who don't have mental health treatment, mm-hmm. and the list fucking continues. And I think that in itself tells you about the history of this country. Capitalism. It's all about the dollar. Give me money, and then maybe I'll help you get better. It's all about the dollar. And I know we touched on medication a little bit in the last episode, just with my, you know, what had me fucked up. But it is, to go off of a point I made earlier about how recognizing um, the impact of, like, mental illnesses signals to us that services are needed. Mm -hmm. How... Can we say, like, this type of intervention is necessary and then make that intervention incredibly inaccessible? 
Because that doesn't align. Makes no damn sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So ne- well, the next section is cultural perspectives on mental health. I have a question. What's up? When you were growing up, mm-hmm. what did you know about mental health? Nothing. Sh- sh- shit. Nada. No sabía nada. Mm. Nadie me dijo ni una cosa. Mm. Right? Mm. You know? Dígame. Ooh. You better. Mm. I felt that. I felt that. No, no, nothing. There was no talk about mental health. And I guess growing up, you can see how people are impacted by stress. Mm-hmm. Right? I would see how my family would be impacted by stress. And even looking back, I'm like, hmm, substance use, okay. Certain types of um, reactions, okay. Like, what is what does this all mean? There's no, there's no word to describe what this is, but I know for a fact that this doesn't feel right, and it's probably not right. Mm. Um, but nothing was really taught, not even in, in school. I don't remember ever talking about mental health. I think I took an AP psych course... Um, either my well, either my junior or senior year of high school, and that's when we got more into it. But no, nothing was talked about mental health until I went to college, and even in college, I didn't really fully know what therapy was as a whole and what mental health was. Um, so nothing. What about you? We knew when people were crazy. Oh, just said that shit last night, too. Because if it's one thing, people going to say is that motherfucker crazy and shit. Mm-hmm. You got Jimmy in the corner talking to himself. Sorry, I have a story, but go ahead, because I don't want to interrupt you. I'm intrigued. <laughs> but, like, I have an uncle who suffers from a TBI, which I didn't know until I was older. Like, all we knew was that he was crazy. And I don't, like, I say that as pejoratively as it, as it is meant in my community. I don't, I try my hardest not to use the word crazy because I really don't like it. And it does have an intensely negative connotation. Um, and sometimes, like, that comes up even when I'm feeling the way I'm feeling because I'll tell, like, my therapist or I'll write it about, like, how I feel crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, like, hate that shit. But, um... It's like people say crazy how they say the R word. Yep. And it's meant very like matter of factly. And people like they don't mean it disrespectfully. But it is what they know. So it's what they portray. And it's like crazy. So when I was younger, I witnessed a. Uh, someone an adult in my life having a mental breakdown and it wasn't really talked about like what happened wasn't talked about with me I was young at the time I was 11 uh, about 11 and um yeah it just wasn't a point of conversation like I don't remember that opening up the door to a conversation of mental health and like potential um things that would come up for me in my adulthood like nothing none of that came up And then eventually things went back to kind of normal, and that was that. I want to piggyback on the 
crazy part, right? Because it's interesting, and bear with me as I say this. There is a reason, I promise. It's interesting how even when I think about Latinos, or specifically for me, being from DR, right? And then hearing the experiences of African-Americans, right? There are a lot of parallels. One of those parallels is this idea of craziness, right? And it's like as much as people try to separate themselves from their black roots, honey, (laughs) honey, honey, we can't do that. And two, we experience a lot of similar oppression, right? So that's, that's part of the history itself. Um, this idea of being crazy, this idea of, oh, just let this person be, that's just how they are, you're not giving people an answer. You're not. You're not addressing the issue. A lot of people cannot even address the issue because they don't have access. We used to have, um, I don't remember if this person was a family member at the time. They've already passed. But it it was obvious that there was some mental health stuff going on because... He would talk to himself, right? And he would poop himself, grab his poop, and rub it all on the walls. So they would be like, oh, this crazy, this crazy, honestly, they'd be like, this crazy motherfucker. Like, Mm -hmm. he's so crazy. I don't know. Here he come again with his crazy shit. You think that he's just, he's just doing this for fun? Right. (laughs) Right. You think he wants this? It's wild. There's, they, we don't get any we don't get any answers, and there's a reason why we don't get educated on these types of things, and even the fact that that's passed down is wild. Having conversations today, and how certain diagnoses are perceived. Even when we talk about depression, you lazy, and look, I can talk for years, but just know that something I don't fully can I don't fully get with is tr- making mental illness a trend, mm-hmm. and changing the definition of what a certain diagnosis is just for the heck of it. Let's stop saying bipolar as if bipolar is this rage. Oh, motherfuckers are raging and angry. And then, are you happy smiling? That's not what bipolar disorder is. You felt something. Go off, friend. (laughs) If you had something. Uh, Just how we talk about things and even how we ascribe mental health terms to things that have nothing to do with mental health like the weather is so bipolar shut the fuck up shut (laughs) shut up just shut up say shut the fuck up just shut up like no oh my god i'm I'm so ocd i'm sorry are you actually ocd i'm so adhd i'm sorry are you that one gets me too because i actually am adhd and let me tell you it's not always fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of these things that are important and often shoved under the rug that need to be paid attention to, it's often turned into a fucking joke. Same thing with queerness. There's this new trend now. Well, it's not new. I guess it's been going on for a couple months now. Zesty. I know we're talking about mental illness, right? It has nothing to do with queerness and sexual orientation, right? But Yes, I it t- does. Well... <laughs> Yes, in certain aspects, <laughs> yes, right? But I don't want people to think that I'm, like, creating, like, this negative parallel between, like, you know what I mean. But there's this zesty. My coworker told me about it. Oh, zesty. I'm like, what the fuck is zesty? Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. So it's it's another word for no homo. It's another way to say no homo. Or that is very homo. 
Oh, he's zesty. just, he's zesty. I came across a TikTok where someone was singing Ice. Uh, what's her name? Um, no. Spice? Is it Ice Spice? Is that her name? That boy's a liar. Ice that Spice. Boy's a liar. Is it Ice Spice? Yes. The the boy's a liar. So it was a, the Ice Spice song. I can't remember which specific song, but it was a, the TikTok of this guy singing to it, and one of his friends was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I can't get with that. That's very zesty. That's very zesty. So if we're talking about saying that people are crazy because they are exhibiting symptoms that they may not be able to control, mm-hmm. and we're talking about queerness, so now we're also creating a joke saying, oh, I'm no homo. I'm not. No, no, no. I don't mean it in a gay way. If you're not gay, you're not fucking gay. Just shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. I always mean it in a gay way. I mean it in a gay way. I mean it in a trans way. Shit. Like all homo all the time. Because you are homo. <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I said something to somebody I'm dating and they were like, that's so gay. And I was like, it is so gay. There's something about a queer person telling you that something is so gay that you do. And this, it feels good. Which like you, you see me. Right? Like, yes. Ugh. Also, we so cute and that's corny and gay as hell. Mm. Anyway, uh, I, words are really important. Mm-hmm. That's what we're getting at. Okay. Words are important and how we use words are important. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of body dysmorphia, dysmorphic talk that comes up too Ooh. around around that type of like mentioning and like passivity of um, struggle. And it's it's not a trend, it's not a game. Mm-mm. It's not a joke. Unless you're joking about it because you have it and that's your coping. You know. Because that's valid. But largely, no, it's not. You don't get to make fun of it if it doesn't impact you. No. And you don't get to pick parts of that diagnosis and attach it to you. You can't generalize something. It's, you have to be very specific in certain cases. You can't just say, like you were saying earlier, oh my God, the ADHD, I have ADHD, it's my ADHD. I'm so ADHD. I'm so OCD. You're right. Words are very important. And you know, for those that like to say that we take life too seriously, I will ask you, why don't you take life seriously? Everything is not a joke. If everything were a joke, what would life even be like, honestly? Overinflated happiness? Mm. A mask? Mm. A lot of people mask. <laughs> a lot of people mask. A lot of people mask because, honestly, our society is not the best in a lot of cases. We, have, we, we can recognize that we have ups and downs, right? And that there are, there are a lot of happy moments, just like there are a lot of fucked up moments that affect us. And it's okay to recognize the impact that it has on us. And it does. Have an impact on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that we are 
in a space as a society mm-hmm. um, where we're we're trying to turn the tides of the way we talk about mental health. Oh yeah, and so there are a lot of people who do talk about their challenges uh, with having certain disorders or conditions and like I follow people on TikTok who do have ADHD and um, one specifically really struggles with executive dysfunction and like so she makes videos to post like her getting stuff done because it motivates her to get stuff done Um, and I think it can be really unifying in that way and like help you find people who get you who experience some of the same things that you experience Um, and it can help how we understand other people because we know a little bit about like how their disorder affects them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, we know something about that. So on one hand, we really do have to get better about how we just kind of casually throw these mental health terms out there. And on the other hand, um, talking about it and talking about your relationship with it is going to open you up in ways that nothing else will. Mm -hmm. I went into an intensive outpatient program for a little bit a couple years ago, and there is nothing quite like sitting in a room with strangers truly talking about some of your deepest wounds unmatched in this like cathartic way where I'm sharing my experience and you're sharing your experience and we're getting a little closer and like we're able to support each other in that moment Hmm. I believe that that's all we need as much as we try to shield away what we're feeling and what we're experiencing or what we might not know that we're experiencing, but we are. We need connectedness. We need honesty. We need to feel like we're not alone. So I'm glad that you share that. Thank you. Because it's very important. And you're right, friend. It's good to have that. It's good to have a community. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the specific setting you're talking about. But that in itself, it's a small community that helps. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, and there's a reason why group settings are used for certain things. Okay. Like, they help. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why when you're in, like, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or Gabblers Anonymous or Overeaters Anonymous or whatever, you You better, you better list them. <laughs> like, there's a reason this group model is is work like is 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 used because it works now Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for everybody that's not what i'm saying and there are so many rules behind group therapy jesus we getting so sacrilegious on the podcast (laughs) anyway i got a little soapboxy oh i mean but i'm back now back again So, Franklin, what's up? Talk to me a little bit about mental health accessibility in no. this country. <laughs> okay. Mental health is incredibly expensive. 
a lot of people don't have access to insurance. A lot of people, especially I like to think about a lot of undocumented people. Mm. And the fact that they at times have to pay out of pocket for a lot of their services, medical services, even mental health services or prescriptions overall, right? That's fucking wild to me, especially if they're paying taxes, Mm -hmm. which a lot of they them do and this country loves to make it seem like they don't pay taxes mm-hmm. um they pay a lot of fucking taxes mm-hmm. and they should have access to all of the care that they need right this little you have to be a citizen cool whatever the fuck make them a citizen then and i know that i'm like making it maybe it seems easier than it is right but at the same time why don't we have access to it? If other places can do it mm-hmm. and do it well and do it successfully, Say it. that leads me to believe that it can be done. Mm-hmm. Call me fucking crazy if you want to. <laughs> then that means a lot of us are crazy. But it means it can be done. Mm-hmm. We don't have a vested interest in equity. Truly, we don't. Mm-mm. Because if we did, we would make our systems work for the people they're meant to work for. Yes. You would think that you would want people to be healthy so that they can continue to work to make you money. But, you know, we are disposable and... We're replaceable. Come on. There's one ready to take your spot when you're done. Exactly. Mm-mm-mm. And that's how that's how it's treated. That's how we act. We don't mm. really care. Nope. It's not sustainable. And like you said before, the system needs to be broken down and we need to start again. Mm-hmm. We we all need access to, to health care. Yes. Yes. It should be affordable. Mm-hmm. It should be free. It should be free. And for people who don't have access... That have to even get loans. I mean, even when we think about surgeries, for people who have life-threatening conditions, mm. who don't have the resources, the means to pay for those procedures, my God. So you're just telling them that, oh, well, you've reached the end. Sorry. Just like that. Or do the procedure and then they're in thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of debt that they can't pay back Mm -hmm. because they needed it. Yeah. Needed it. There wasn't much of a choice. Hmm. I have a lot of feelings. I feel you. But then we also live in a society that likes to make people feel bad because, because they have thoughts of death. Friend, where did we come from? We got there. How did we get there? How did we get there? How did we get there? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't ready. But I'm saying that there's a lot of stigma in calling people selfish because they are sad, deeply depressed, not happy with the system they live in. And the system does not help. But then you still get gaslighted, right? Because you didn't get the attention that you needed. And when I say attention, I mean the medical attention that you fucking needed, right? Nobody is monitoring you, making sure you're okay. 
depression rates go up, I believe. Anxiety rates go up. And part of this, and we have to recognize, is there's a lot of suicide ideation. There's a lot of suicide ideation. It's very common. A lot of people have have it. Not saying that there's a direct correlation with death and wanting to end your life, right? But I think it's it's worth speaking about. I would go. I would venture to say. Go off. <laughs> you you always you always the one. You be ready. Go off. <laughs> go off. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'd be willing to bet mm-hmm. that there is some correlation oh. between people wanting to die and people. Dying by suicide. Mm. Call me, again, call me crazy. Because I know that's a word we love to use. Right. But um, I've written reports enough to now. Mm-hmm. And you're highly educated. As are you. Very intelligent. As are you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is correlation and there are people committed to offering help, offering assistance. There are mm-hmm. helplines. Yes. Um, there are people who are trained to talk to you listen to you there are in um more acute situations people trained to intervene large scale are we where we need to be no absolutely not Mm -mm. but it exists as you're talking about providers and how they're out here right Mm -hmm. a lot of providers are burnt the fuck out And like you said before, right, some people are fool. And even within accessibility, this is a topic I was talking about with someone last night, too. We were talking about wanting queer people of color as therapists and how there are not not the words and the fact that there are not many. There mm-hmm. are not many. Is that a mm-hmm. I don't know. I say the sentence right, and then I second guess the sentence all the time. Siempre. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, that that also falls under accessibility, too. Um, because people want to have a therapist that reflects who they are, right? Not mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, not in all cases. You don't have to, right? And there are a lot of providers that are adequate enough and, know, and are um, competent. Thank, thank you. That's the <laughs> that are very competent, right? But it's very important to see someone who represents you, who you feel comfortable with, who understands your experience, even if you don't, because you might not know your therapist's full story in their background, right? But that knows what you mean, what you're going through. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely. I hear you, and I I agree with that. I think, um, not I think, even when. Or when I was, when I first started doing therapy, a lot of my black youth that I um, was working with, their parents were very adamant about them working with someone who looked like them. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being a point of connection, obviously, in our sessions. And it really helps that rapport building. 
because you get to be exactly who you are and you get to be comfortable in who you are. You get to come to session and bring who you are to session and not have to worry about like, oh, is this white person judging me for X, Y, Z? Or I can't be this stereotypical version of this black person. Mm -hmm. So let me like alter what I'm going to say or I have to be more on guard with what I'm going to say. And there's less of that when there is someone who looks like you on the other end. Yeah. And someone who, like you said, competent. Part of the conversation last night, too, was talking about pronouns. Mm. (laughs) And she was saying that her therapist at the time was misgendering one of their friends. Right. And I'm like, pronouns she, they, by the way. Um, and she was telling me that she had to be like, you know that I've been talking for an hour about this person. You know, I'm using the appropriate pronouns. Why are you using other pronouns? What is going on here? <laughs> it's important. It's all very important. That's aggravating. Mm-hmm. Where do you even get those pronouns from? The crack of your ass. <laughs> Cut it out. Just cut it the fuck out. Get it together. Shan. Yes, Franklin. What's your relationship like with mental health? My relationship with mental health is a very personal one. Mm-hmm. We've been in in um in relationship with each other for a solid twelve years. Almost. I started like my mental health journey and trying to care for my mental health since I was 17. We have our ups and downs. Mm. But uh, I approach my mental health with more compassion now than I ever have before. But we still, we we can still take it to the streets though sometimes. We want to scrap. You throw hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so franklin tell me what your relationship with mental health is like i'd say that my relationship with mental health is fairly new i started to dive into it when i was in grad school the transition to new york was difficult and i ended up getting counseling at their um, health center it was helpful. It helped me recognize, you know, what exactly was going on. And especially when it came to, like, dynamics I had experienced before. And a lot of stuff that I had been living through, I would just push through because you're taught to just push, push through it, right? So now my relationship with mental health, still new. I'm still understanding it. Um, I'm better. I feel like I'm better equipped at understanding my anxiety. Um But just like you said, there are ups and downs. There are a lot of, there's a lot attached to my mental health that I want to learn about, but I do have my moments. Um, I'm trying to be more cognizant of what exactly is going on, you know, what, what is causing me to feel this way and also tying my mental health to other forms of health and Mm -hmm. how, right, because I have to read myself for filth. I do too fucking much. And I think that sometimes it catches up and it kicks me in the ass. So, and then I'm like, why am I anxious? Mm. Why am I fatigued? 
Why, why do I not feel the best? Why am I feeling sad? What is going on, Franklin? Part of it, too, for me, I recognize, is paying attention to what I do. And honestly, the, if the biggest lesson I've learned is fucking stillness. Sometimes I just got to be fucking still. I got to fucking breathe. And I'd say that in the past year, my relationship with my mental health has improved. Where I'm at today, that's not to say that I'm not like all around the place and busy and nonstop because welcome to the system. but yeah I'd say that it's gotten better and my body feels much better than it did last year and who knows maybe next year will be a shit show again and we will adjust and we will learn again we have to be honest maybe it won't be too it's (laughs) fine (laughs) shit the way this life is set up the fuck fuck. like if it's that one thing it's the next you have a point there. Okay. Oh, something that I like about you is that you <laughs> tell me bit. about me. You always bring up the fact that community is important and the impact community has had in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We have built a great community. Mm-hmm. We have a great group of friends. And I think that that's also contributed to feeling better. Right. And engaging in things that we love, seeing other people do what we love and feel happy while doing it. Hell, life is fucking good. That's a 180 from what you just said. I was going to say, no, I stopped myself. I was going to say until it gets bad. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I got to I got to keep the full perspective on it. Okay, the full perspective. And I, I appreciate that, though. You know? Yeah. In summation, it's important. There has been many changes, but a bitch is learning, okay? <laughs> okay. You better learn. School of life. Shit. School of life. Well, Shan. Yes. We have going. gotten to, I don't know, my favorite part of the podcast. What you watching? What am I watching right now? Mm-hmm. I am watching Ted Lasso. You were telling me about this. Te- yes. <sighs> this show has me on one yeah like it's hilarious stars jason sudeikis it's on apple tv um it is hilarious it is funny it's just a wholesome comedy show honestly like wholesome it's like just good guilt-free watching oh we love that that's that's all i gotta say about it um (coughs) Of course, Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, 911, 911 Lone Star, The Rookie, Good Trouble. That motherfucking Good Trouble. They keep me in there. They keep me hooked. Did you watch last week's episode? I did. Bitch. First of all, when did we get to Thanksgiving? <laughs> Where did that come from? You know. I did not make that connection in my mind that they just had Thanksgiving in the spring. I said, what? When did we do Thanksgiving? I thought we did a Thanksgiving episode when it's actually like Thanksgiving time. I guess that's how they do it in L.A. I guess so. Gael doesn't have a job and is doing his art and managing to pay his goddamn rent. Well, you see, I guess that um, Yuri just paid him those three months that he was going to be gone. Oh, I thought he said just I paid the rent for this I place. I really don't know. I don't know, Franklin. He was like, I paid... 
I have I paid three months in advance, used the space. Right. Can I just get the money? <laughs> Good question, though. Um, how is Gaio paying rent? And he got a baby. Oh, but he does have co-parents who have dual income. They Yeah. They're popping. They're so fucking cute. <laughs> so cute. Uh. Anyway, yeah, I've been watching that Good Trouble. And that Grey's Anatomy mm. has me. I need Kai to come back so Kai and Amelia can do their thing. Also, the the actor who plays Kai, I can't remember their name. They are just fine. They fine, yo. And, you know, I live for non-binary characters. So mm. give me more. Give me more. I'll say this. With Grey's Anatomy, a lot of people are like, there have been too many feelings. It's not good anymore. What is happening? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it will be season 102. And guess what? Grey's Anatomy will make episodes relevant to the current experience of society. And that's all I have to say. Let them know. Ooh, yes. Go down with that shit. <laughs> all right, Franklin. Yeah. What you watching? So... Grey's Anatomy, of course. I have feelings, apparently. Good Trouble, nine one one, New Amsterdam. That's a good show, right there. Mm. That man has me. Yes, yes, medical director, direct me. So, that's like I'm hooked on that. That's where I'm at right now. I did watch a new show. Scratch that. I don't remember the name. Fuck that. Yeah, I'll tell you about it later. Okay. <laughs> oh, I meant I missed a show. Oh, tell me. This is one that you you recommended. Really? Mm-hmm. What is it? Home Economics. It's so fucking good. I just started it. What you um, think? I like it. It's funny. I like the dynamic between the character, like the siblings, like really good. Just watched the episode with the parents coming to visit. Mm. They have and, a time with them. And they were like wait, mom and dad are at your house? They don't come visit us and the kids. And then they went to go visit, like, the grandmother went to one family and the granddad went to the other family. And they called each other, trying to, like, pawn the <laughs> pawn their parent off on the other sibling. That shit was so funny. And I was like, that's what y'all get. Mm-hmm. And then the younger brother was like, I bought you guys a house nearby. Because he got all the money. He has all the money. I love that you're talking about their dynamics because they just stay in constant competition for no goddamn reason. None. <laughs> no reason. They don't do the same thing. No. They don't play the same role. They each bring something valuable and different to their to their little little family. Right. But and they always got a that they always on one. And I love how even through like their character development. That comes up a lot because they show up for each other how as they should. I like that you're watching show Gears. Like, they need more seasons. I know it's over, but they need more seasons. Mm. They have like it's three over, seasons, I think. But it's it's done. No. Okay. Break my heart. <laughs> you won't break my soul. You, you won't, won't break, break my soul. soul. Uh, what else were you gonna say? I'm sorry, cut you off. Mm-mm, you're fine. I don't even know what else I've been watching. No, that's about it. Are you finished with uh, The Real Housewives? 
yeah, of I'm Potomac. Wa- yeah, I'm waiting for more new episodes. Hopefully, uh, end of summer. We need the other season so that Giselle can continue to irk me. Or who knows? Maybe there has been some growth. No, there hasn't. The toxicity gets me every time. But guess who's watching it? Me. You. So I can't fucking say shit. All right, lovely people. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Yes, thank you. Uh, please remember to reach out to us via email and follow us on Instagram oh. and TikTok. It will get exciting as we are approaching our season two finale. Whoop, 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 whoop. We got some updates coming for you um, in a few episodes, so stay tuned. Until next time, lovely listeners. Bye, lovely, beautiful motherfuckers. I'm so sorry. I don't know what is wrong with me. I am so sorry. Please say it again. Why do I want to cuss? What is wrong with me? (laughs) Now you beautiful motherfuckers. (laughs) Until next time, lovely listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Yes, thank you. Remember, define yourself for yourself. Use your voice. And be... Great. You kill me with that voice. I love it. You fucking kill me with that voice. I love it. I gotta harmonize with you a little bit. A little something, something, you know?